Amen. How many want to see him? Amen. Tonight, you believe that he can be seen? You know, actually, that's what exactly what Brother Branham said. If you want to see him, that means he wants to show himself to you. Amen. So I just want to say, Lord, I want to see you. I got eyes, Lord, right here, but I've got spiritual eyes that I say, Lord, I want you to come and speak to my heart. Amen. Tonight, God bless you. Amen. Uh, greet you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Just want to say how much uh, of a privilege it is again. Amen. To be here with you. And I just have one uh, motive and one objective, and that's just to be an encouragement to you if I could uh, be used in some way just to serve you in a way that could help you and encourage you and strengthen you. Amen. Then I that that say, Lord, then that's just my purpose. Amen. And so I just want to um, want to say again, thank you, Brother Donnie. Thank you for having me, Brother Joe, all the Brother Rob, different brothers. Um, what a wonderful, wonderful body to be a part of, the family of Christ. No family like it. Amen. I feel right at home with believers, and so I just uh, want to minister what the Lord laid upon my heart, what I thought I was going to preach last night, and then he went another way. I trust that the, you were blessed, that the Holy Spirit spoke to you in some way, amen, and that you were encouraged, amen, by last night. And so we just have something upon our heart. You know, I just want you to know I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. You know, when, when anybody comes and you go preach somewhere and you're ministering somewhere, you know, I, 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 you could be pulled in all kinds of different directions and something I could preach and maybe something I don't even want to preach. And, I could, you know, because a preacher wants to preach. That's what he does. <laughs> I've got a card in my wall that says I'm an evangelist. That's what God, how God made me. But, you know, I, I also realize that I'm a servant of the Lord and I don't get to make my own decisions. In fact, I don't even get to preach what I want to preach. But I, I've learned that I've got to be obedient to the Lord. And you, you as young people here tonight, as we said last night, I'm sure all of you, I don't know where you're at and what stage you're at in your life. And uh, at, a, at a group like this, there would be all at different spots of our journey. I, I would be, go as far as to say that there's those here that are lost, don't know the Lord. Some here that do know the Lord that have maybe been justified, maybe going through sanctification, never been sealed by the Holy Ghost. Some of you been born again, been baptized with the Holy Ghost, and you're on your journey to, to maturity in, in, in Christ. So it doesn't matter what stage you're at. The Holy Spirit will speak to every single person here if you'd have an ear to listen. Say, Lord, come and use Brother Matt. Get him out of the way. Amen. And come and speak to my heart. I believe the Lord Jesus can do that. So I'm here for you. Amen. Here just to be used and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. I'm going to minister to you tonight and I'm going to title this Being Changed. Being Changed. Romans chapter 7, if you have your Bible, let's open up there and read a portion of Scripture and then we'll have you be seated. Amen. Now, I've got notes here before me, but you know, Brother Branham said it this way, you operate the gift that God puts in a man's life. So I've watched myself preach a sermon before and think I'm going to go one direction, but actually because the pool of the people, I went completely off of my notes, off of my outline, and ended up preaching not even really what I thought I had laid out, because that's the gift that you have is to operate the gift that God puts in another man. Jesus actually didn't see that little woman. Father, Brother Branham said, didn't show him that. You know the little woman with the blood issue? And Brother Branham says that the father had shown him everything, but that little woman, he didn't show him. And that's why he said, who touched me? Virtue left me. 
Brother Branham says, what was it? She had a need in her life to touch Jesus. And she drew out from God what she needed from God when she reached out by faith and touched the hem of his garment. Now, if a little woman could do that, how many believers do we have here to say, Lord, I'm going to draw out what I need. I'm going to pull on the word of God and draw out what I need. I believe the Lord can, can do that. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 7. Let's just begin reading here. And I just want to begin reading at verse 14. Very familiar scripture. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Now, I want you to notice very carefully, and if you've got to be careful when you read this, because the Apostle Paul is going to refer to me, and he's going to call himself me. This is written to him. But he's going to divide the way that he answers that. If you could just mute that just here for a moment, actually. Actually, that's fine. That's actually the Scripture, brother. Thank you. That's good. We could read it from there. He's going to divide the way he answers me of who he is. Let's look at it here. Let's read that again. Uh, uh, let's read here. Just uh, read that verse 16 again, or verse 15. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate... That I do. If then I do that which I would not or what I don't want to do, I can sin unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me. How many could say me? Now are you any different than the Apostle Paul? Are you any more human than he was a human? I'll ask it this way. Are you any more born again than the Apostle Paul was born again? No. No. And so notice the way he answers this. For I know that in me, parentheses, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. My goodness. You mean nothing? Nothing, Brother Matt? Nothing I have? Nothing inside of me? I mean, I thought I was pretty bad, but I got something good inside of me. Well, you do if you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But in this flesh, Paul says, I have no good thing. For to will, oh, what a quandary that I can identify with. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. How many have ever felt the way Paul just described? Now, if I can do just one thing here tonight, I've got a very simple uh, 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 burden upon my heart. If I could help you understand you a little better, <laughs> because I believe that in understanding who we are, that's where overcoming strength really comes from. And so notice this here. He says, inside of me, I want to do good. I want to serve the Lord. I've got a desire. How many would say, I've got a desire to, to only do with that which pleases the Father? How many would say that? I only ever want to do what really inside of me, Brother Matt. If I'd be honest, I really ever want to please the Lord. But that's not always the case. I've not found the secret. Notice Paul says this here. And he says here, I find the notice. Verse 21, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Now, how, when? 
just before you're born again. No, 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 no. Evil is present with you at all times. Right? Evil is present with me. For I, this here now is going to speak about the spiritual man. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members. Warring. Here's a war. Here's the battle. You don't think you're in a battle? Let me wake you up tonight. You're in a real struggle here tonight. Brother, notice Paul, he says, For I find that a law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God. How many can thank God with Paul? Through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh... The law of sin. If you have a need, you just want to raise it and identify it, amen, to the Holy Spirit now as we bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we just ask you, God, to come in a special way. Lord, there's been so much preparation for this service, these services here this weekend. I'm not even talking about, Lord, the physical things and the time and sacrifice that these young people have made, some of the adults to prepare this and put this on. Lord, but I know there's mothers and fathers and there's a church that is asked you, Lord God, to move in a special way. Lord, we've prayed for these meetings. Now, God, I just ask one simple thing. Lord, help me just to get out of the way completely, Lord. I pray, God, that you would make me sensitive to your spirit. Lord, if you'd want me to say something, give me the courage to say it. If you don't, Lord, then keep me from saying it, oh God. And I pray, Lord, for every person under the sound of my voice in this audience. Lord, may we just say right now, Holy Spirit, come and have liberty in my life. I pray, God, you'd grant it to each and every single one of us in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated. Notice Brother Branham is going to get this questions and questions and answers. And you can display that here. And, and he quotes this scripture. I'll keep it on for a minute. Thank you, brother. He quotes this scripture here in Romans seven fourteen again. And he says, we know that the law, he's going to read this again, uh, that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. So here's this question that Paul, that, 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 here's this question this man has in the blue at the very end. It's a very simple question. This I cannot understand. Isn't it incredible, after all of this, everything that he could have asked Brother Branham, here was what was so upon his heart. In other words, I need help understanding this. So you, you, what you're going to find is here in a minute is what the way Brother Branham answers this is that there's more to you than what you see in the mirror. There's more to you than what you've lived with all the days of your life. There's more that, that, than what meets the eye that makes up who you are. Today, listen now, Brother Branham answers this. Let me just kind of polish it up so you can see, he said, in me is two persons. You mean two people live inside of me? Am I schizophrenic, Brother Matt? Well, in a way, you really are. You see, Brother Branham said you're made up of body, you're made up of spirit, and you're made up of soul. And in that body, you have five senses you contact the natural world with. But then in that spirit here today, I'm not talking about prior to being born again. I'm talking about filled with the Holy Ghost from your head to your toes. You've got a human spirit inside of you of memory and conscience and reasoning, imagination, affection. All of these things make up who you are. 
and all of your experiences in life, the things that you go through, the family that you're born into, the kind of home that you grow up in. Not all of us grow up in the same type of home. Some of us here grow up in homes completely whole, marriages, a mom and dad, not perfect by no means, but a, a marriage that where there's a union there, but others grow up in broken homes with no dad, uh, no mother. Maybe that's you here tonight, and you've grown up in a different circumstance than maybe what I did. But notice all of your life experiences make up who you are. All of your challenges, all of, the, all of the struggles that you go through. Friends, let me just say there are things that you will go through in your life that I'll never have to go through. But there's things in my life that I'll go through that you'll never have to go through. The point is, is that I can't walk down the road that God's called you to walk because God has anointed you in your life to meet the challenge of your, of your life, but God has called me in my life to meet the challenges, and he's equipped me, and he's equipped you for anything you go through in your life. So there's more than just this. Then Brother Branham says, then down inside, there's a soul, and now that, he would say it this way, is the real you. You mean this isn't the real me, Brother Matt? This body that I look at in the mirror every single day, and I comb my hair, and I get dressed, and, and I try to look good, and I try to keep, you know, I, I, this figure, the, the, the looks that I have. Listen, friends, the prophet of God said this. You've actually never seen each other. Brother Branham says, actually, did you know we've never seen each other? We've never seen what we really look like. All we see is just this outward vessel, this outward body. Brother Branham says, but one day you'll see the real you. You'll see the real each other. Friends, I take courage in that because sometimes I look at this guy and this guy doesn't match this guy. But I realize that down on the inside, that's not really who I am. Who I am as a believer, I love the word. I accept the word. My inside man is the real me. That's why the prophet of God said, when you heard this message was eagle food and you recognized it, you heard from your theophany. What was that? That's the real you. Hallelujah. Notice this here. Brother Branham says this. Let me just kind of polish it up so you can see. He said, in me is two people, right? One wants me to do, he's going to say right, wrong. The other wants me to do right. Brother Branham, you mean you had something inside of you that wanted you to do wrong? Every time I start to do right, then the wrong hinders me. How many of you people on the interviews this afternoon has run that same thing? You, you got an interview with the prophet of God, and this is really what was on the hearts of people. Listen, friends, it wasn't some great mystery or some great, you know, ethereal thing or some great spiritual revelation, but what real people face is real people problems. And what real people need is real people, real answers from God that can answer real human battles. This is what they were asking on the interviews. Has run the same thing this morning, the same thing. Notice, how can I take a cocklebird? This is the way Brother Branham answers this. And make a grain of wheat out of it. It's impossible for me to do it. Let me pull it up on mine so I don't have to follow there. And he says, he says how can I do it? Uh, it's impossible for me to do it. The only way it can be is because inside that cockleburr has been transmitted from a cockleburr wheat, a cockleburr to a germ called wheat life. 
Then you bury that cockleburr, and it'll produce a grain of wheat. That's right, see? Because there has been a life of wheat put in the cockleburr, and the life of the cockleburr has been taken out. But the nature, the nature of the cockleburr, you mean this doesn't go away? Let's let, let's let, him, let's let him answer it. The nature of the cockleburr is still sticky. It's still prickly. It's still thorny. It, 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 it's still a cockleburr on the outside, the nature of it. And it will be until you are born of the Holy Ghost. Come on, can you say amen to the word? It will be until you finally repent and God finally fills you with enough of the Holy Ghost. And then your cockerbur will no longer be sticky. All right. And it will be until this new life has fully been developed. Out of the ground and raised up again. So when will this, when will it fully be developed? When it comes out of the ground and raised up again. What's he pointing to? The resurrection. You see, friends, what you've received is the earnest of the Holy Spirit. What we have is a deposit, a down payment, something from heaven that has came down to earth. That's why you pull on the Word of God. That's why you believe the Word of God. Listen, you don't believe the message because of some good thing about yourself or because you studied it long enough or because you're anybody or better than anybody else. There's one reason you're a believer, and that's because God put a seed gene of God down inside of your soul so that you would recognize the Word of the hour and you could say amen to the word of the hour I don't say amen because of anything good in me but there's an amen or down on the inside of me I said there's a believer down on the inside of me and I can't help but believe brother Branham says notice this by the nature the nature of the cockleburr is still sticky and it will be until this new life has fully been developed so, Brother Branham says this here, and, and he no, notice, you notice this even from the Scripture uh, and in the Bible. You notice that the, the Scripture makes it clear that there's two distinct life forces always at work. If you could turn me up just a little bit on the monitor, Brother, uh, just a little bit there, that'd be wonderful. And so, notice this here. The Bible makes it clear there's two distinct life forces. Let me just go ahead and cut to the chase. If you thought you were a weirdo, you are. If you thought you was a little bit strange, let me go ahead and just wake you up. You are a little bit strange. You're not normal. You're not like everybody else. In fact, friends, I'll go as far as to say, if the world really knew really who you really are, they'd think you was about as weird as you can get. You tell some of the, think about it, some of the things that bother you, some of the things that you struggle over, and you repent over and say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I made, I'm so sorry I lost my temper, Lord. I'm so sorry I did that. I shouldn't have said that, God. Do you realize that to, to those things that seem so large and so great and so massive to you, to the world, they look at that and go, really? Really? That's what's bothering you? You're really stressed out over that just a little thing? Come on. That, that, that's so small. That's so insignificant. And to them, really, it is insignificant. You mean you're bothered over letting the Lord? Come on, don't you? As long as you love the Lord. I mean, God sees your heart. He knows your life. God does, doesn't matter if you drink a little bit, you know, a little social drink there. I mean, you're not getting drunk. 
You're just drinking just a little bit. You mean you don't even have a television in your home? Come on, what, what's wrong with a little bit? You're going to hear cursing all day. You mean you won't watch that movie? Do you realize that if you started telling, I'm talking about real believers here. If you really started sharing some of your convictions and how you live, they look at you and say, man, you are stressing over nothing. You know what's different about them and about me? Is that God, they can somehow get away with it. But there's something inside of you that won't let you get away with it. There's something inside of you that when you mess up, God convicts your heart. There's something inside of you that says you're not called to that. You're not called to be like the rest of the world. You're a believer of the word of the hour. You're a believer in the message of the hour and you can't get away from it let me go ahead and tell you you can't get away from it you can run but you won't outrun God if there's a seed gene of God down inside of you you will be miserable trying to fit in to a world you weren't made to fit in it's nothing more miserable than a believer a seed gene of God trying to fit in with the rest of the world You'll never do it. God will never stop coming after you. Thank God for that kind of grace. Notice this. So he says, there's two of me. There's two distinct life forces down on the inside of me. One wants me to do good. The other wants me to do evil. And Brother Branham says it this way, that there's even an angel. Do you realize this, that even when you're born... You're born with an angel, a guardian angel over your life. Brother Brandon answers this. He's asked it several times in the message. You could go look this up. And he quotes the scriptures, the angels that behold my father's face. And Brother Branham says, sure. Brother Branham, do you believe in angels? Absolutely, there's an angel of God. Listen, friends, there's an angel over your life at all times. But just like there's an angel over your life, there's a demon spirit that tries to anoint you and influence your life also. Brother Branham would even say that there was a demon spirit that hung over his life that prevented him from giving his heart to the Lord long before he did. And he said, a spirit hung over me. Notice, it was a spirit trying to prevent him from coming to his identity. Now, if a spirit would try to prevent a prophet from coming to his identity, how much do you think a demon spirit would try to anoint your life, preventing you from seeing who you really are? I'm going to preach on that just here for a moment. You find Brother Branham saying that over and over. A dark spirit hung over me. He would go to prayer lines and he would would call out and say, Sister, I see a dark shadow hanging over your life. It's amazing, he always said it this way. A dark shadow, another place he would call it a dark cloud. Something that we couldn't see, but was very much real. Something that with our own eyes, you say, but the matter I don't see it, that doesn't make it not real. In fact, those things are more real than what you see here and now. Listen, faith, Brother Branham said faith is the sixth sense. That sixth sense that a believer has when he's born of the Spirit of God calls those things that are not as though they are. That's the real faith of a believer. So it doesn't matter if you can't see it, it's really real. And there's a spirit that can come over your life that's always there. You say, Brother Matt, when are those two spirits, one trying to work the good, one trying to work the evil? They're there all the time. They're there trying to prevent you from coming to a new birth. 
that they're trying to bind you and afflict you with addictions and, and, and issues of your flesh. They're trying to deceive you. They're trying to destroy you. They're trying to pervert your mind and destroy, uh, distort your view of God. I don't think we realize sometimes how real that other dimension really is. But the prophet of God said it was a very real dimension. And so notice there's two spirits always at work. One spirit, an angel, Brother Branham says, let me get back to that. Do you believe in an angel? A guardian angel, Brother Branham says, absolutely. A, a, a ministering spirit or an angelic spirit that would be there throughout your entire life. Listen, friends, that same angel that ministers to you is the same one who woos on you and he calls on you and he pulls at you. That tug that you feel is an angel from sent from God trying to pull you to surrender your life. And at the same exact time, while an angel's pulling this way, another angel, a fallen angel, a demon spirit, is trying to put a dark cloud over your life to keep you from the identity of a son or daughter of God that you really are. And so Brother Branham would say that there's a spirit always there trying to, trying to prevent him. And he said there was a spirit that said, oh, come on, you got, you got all your life. You got all the time in the world. You got plenty of time to get right with God. And that's the spirit that hung over Brother Branham's life that prevented him from coming to the new birth before he did. Are you with me here tonight? And so notice he says, and as long as you're in this life, let me find it here, as long as you're in this life, how many are still in this life? As long as you're in this life, you're going to be sticky and have a carnal nature that's going to bother you as long as you live. But the inside you, you're born again. You say, Brother Matt, when am I going to be changed? When is the struggle I'm preaching to you on being changed? When is it going to finally end? When am I finally going to be really changed? Well, let me say this. God changes you. But it's not just important that you're changed. But it's more important that you're changing. You say, when is it going to end? When is this? When is the struggle? When am I finally going to be changed? Let me say it this way. When you turn 18 for the second time, it'll be over. <laughs> Some of you that ain't 18 now, don't worry. One day you'll be about 18, 19 years old. And that life that you live now will be fully developed into the life of Christ. That's why Paul said, we know not what we shall be when he appears. But we know this. We shall be like him in his very image. But, but meanwhile, I've got this struggle. Brother Benham says, when you're raised up, you're in the likeness of Christ and all the sin is gone from you. That's the thing. So notice Brother Branham types this and he says, it's going to be in your life. Now watch the way he continues to answer this question. Somebody told me, he once, he's speaking of this Indian chief that Brother Billy Paul lets through the prayer line. And, he, and he's saying, me sick, me sick. And Brother, Branham, Brother Billy can't get it out of him, me sick. And he goes through the prayer line. Brother Branham refers back to him and says, somebody told me at one time he was converted. He received the Holy Ghost. And he said to him, hey, how are you getting along? And he said, pretty good and pretty bad. You know, if you'd be honest and I ask you how you doing, that's how you'd answer too. How you doing? Pretty good and pretty bad. And he says, and he said, pretty good and pretty bad. And he said, well, how do you mean pretty good and pretty bad? He said, well, 
Since me received the Holy Ghost, there's been two dogs in me. And one of them a black dog and one of them a white dog. And said, they argue all the time. (laughs) They argue all the time. Said they growl and they fight at one another. And said, the white dog wants me to do good. But the black dog wants me to do bad. Said, well, chief, which one of them wins the fight? Said, that depends on which one chief feeds the most. So I think that's a good answer here, see. There just depends on the warring of the body that's in you. It depends on which one you cater to. Which nature you cater to. The carnal nature after the things of the world or the spiritual nature after the things of God. That does it. Oh, no, no, no. i got to have a more complicated answer than that. It's just that simple. Which one do you feed will determine which one will win inside of you? How many here want to be overcomers? How many here want to be victors? How many want victory over sin in your life in every aspect and area of life? Well, which one are you feeding? This man or this man? It never ceases to amaze me that sometimes the very thing that we want free of is the very thing that we feed the most. I said the very thing we want feed free from, do we realize sometimes that anxiety that we want so delivered from, do we realize it's the things that we ingest inside of our spirit that sometimes feeds that depression? How many of you here have Instagram? Go ahead and raise your hand. It's all right. It's all right. Don't be ashamed, but don't lie, whatever you do. You got Instagram? Raise your hand. It's all right. See, everybody, everybody's raising their hand. It's okay. I got a question for you. I asked the same question back home. How many of you have TikTok? Now, I don't even know what that is, but uh, I know that it's an app. I don't have it. TikTok, how many? That's fine. How many of you have a smartphone? Let's get real honest here. Right? Now, how many of you have a personal copy of the Seven Seals book? Church age book. It's good. Now let me ask you, if the Instagram is called a feed and Facebook is called a feed, do you realize that it's intentionally that way? It's feeding you something. Then what do you think this does when you scroll through this sometimes? What's it doing? It's feeding you something. One's feeding you one thing. This one's feeding you another. What you got to do is start out what's feeding the wrong thing and start feeding the right thing. You want more of God? Feed more of God. You want more of the power of God? Feed on the things that give it. Hallelujah. It's amazing to me how much we don't realize the very thing that is giving us our anxiety is the very thing that we're feeding. Got a question. How many times have you looked through Instagram? You don't have to answer. How many times have you scrolled through your feed and after you get done scrolling through your feed, you felt stressed? You felt worried? You felt anxiety. Well, I'm going to answer for you. I guarantee you, whether you realize it or not, you go feeding. I can just feed through Fox News. And, and, and there will be fear upon me, stress upon me, anxiety and worry that wasn't there before. And you feed on those kind of things and you get stressed and you get worried and you get bothered and you get anxiety of what you don't have, what you could have, what this person's doing. Do you realize, friends, it's a rat race. And how many times do you feed on those things and then you say, my, I'm so depressed. 
My, I've got so much anxiety. I've got so much worry. And you don't realize the very thing that you want free of is the very thing you're feeding. I got news for you. I've never turned off a tape of the prophet and felt anxiety. I've never turned off the tape of God's prophet and ever felt depressed. I've never felt stressed. I've never felt worried. In fact, actually the opposite. I felt encouraged. I felt strengthened. I felt picked up. I felt like I can, I'm going to make it. I felt like greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It's time to stop feeding the wrong things and start feeding the seed that God put on the inside of you. Can you give the Lord another hand clap of praise? He's worthy of that. Hallelujah. Notice this in greatest battle ever fought. He says, a devil is almost harmless unless he can have something to work in. He's got, you remember those devils that were cast out of legion? They had, they wanted to do more mischievousness, so they wanted to go into the hogs. So devils must have something to work in, somebody to work through. All right? Satan, his power, he's God, is the perverted power of God. Everything Satan has got is power, something that was perverted, but it's a power. And we are today sitting here, and one or the other power is going to control us. So let's cast out the evil one. Let's take our position like the stars of the heavens. So notice this. Inside of the body is a soul. And that soul is controlled by imagination, conscience, memory, reason, affections. That's the thing that controls the soul. Uh, So he says that's the thing that controls the soul. So notice you say, Brother Matt, what's he saying here in questions and answers? Let me pull it back up. I lost it here for a second. And he says inside of the body is a soul. It's controlled by imagination, conscience, memory. That's the thing that controls the soul. Then what does that? From the middle of the heart, from the middle of the heart, which is the soul, from there goes forth feeding every channel. You say, how much access? Brother Matt, I'm born of the Spirit of God, been baptized with the Holy Ghost. I want to know, how much access does the devil have to me now? As much as you give him. I said, as much as you give him. Why am I struggling? Why, 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 why is this bothering me? Why is this tripping me up? Why do I come back to the same spot over and over and over again? How much access are you giving the devil? Notice this. He says, from the middle of the heart, it goes forth feeding every channel. The trouble of it is, we're standing here with a lot of doubt, trying to accept what's out there. You've got to stop that and come down that channel with the true word of God. Then it goes out itself automatically. It's what's on the inside. That's the thing that counts is the inside. Satan's approach is from the inside. Aha. Aha. You mean Satan doesn't actually all the attacks that I feel in my flesh? You know, let me say what I said last night. The devil realizes he can never get to your soul if you're sealed by the Holy Ghost. So you say, Brother Matt, then what does he move through? Memory, conscience, reasoning, complexes, bitterness, division. You give, give Satan an inch, he'll take a mile. 
You say, what access does he have? As much as you give him. It's what's on the inside. Brother Random says you've got to clean out the channels. Notice this here. So his approach is from the inside. He attacks us from the inside. Here, see, it's what's covered up, covered over with. You say, well, now, here, see what it's covered over with. You say, well, now, well, these conscience and senses and so forth, that don't have anything to do with it, Brother Branham. Certainly it does. You mean that matters? You mean it's not just get the Holy Ghost, just get, 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 get the Holy Ghost, be born again? I believe in all of that, friends, absolutely. But let me tell you, that's only when the battle really begins. And Brother Adam says, notice this here. You feed every channel. Your memory, conscience, reasoning, imagination. That doesn't matter. Certainly it does. Notice. But if you let the word come in and cover it over with conscience, then it can't grow. You let the word in. Accept the word. Believe the word but then covered over with a grudge, covered over with malice. Come on, somebody. Covered over with jealousy. You think these things don't affect us? Oh, they do. Covered over with jealousy, with anger. Oh, it does. that really doesn't matter. I mean, all that really matters, brother, matters is just that I'm born in the Spirit of God. Whether I have a temper or not, God doesn't really care about that. Oh, really? We can emphasize one, and I've always found people will either emphasize one thing only to de-emphasize another thing. And Brother Branham said that what is the gift, what is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost? You know, the Lord, I'm just going to take just a moment here to, to say this because the Lord just is so impressed it upon my heart. Even while I was driving up here and I've argued with the Lord asking him, uh, you know, do, Lord, are you, are you really sure you want me to, go, to, to say that? And so I'm going to. I'm just going to go here just a moment. Because I believe that one of the greatest quandaries that the devil can have so much victory in people's lives is, um, do I have the Holy Ghost? Any of y'all ever asked that question? How am I sure? Brother Branham, they would ask him over again. Uh, Brother Branham, I just, I, I, I want to know. I want to know. You know, let me just say this. Brother Branham never emphasized, uh, Brother Branham never emphasized uh, a gift to speak in tongues or a gift to shout. Or a, Brother Branham would always stand in the middle of two sides. And you always find that people will emphasize one thing only to de-emphasize another thing. They'll either deify the words of Brother Branham or they'll de-emphasize the words of Brother Branham. In fact, this is the exact battle that Brother Branham stood in his entire ministry. Always in between two ditches. Hello? Always in between two ditches. And so he would always argue with the Pentecostals. Or always, always have to, always have to hit at them about, about majoring on speaking with tongues. But Brother Branham would stand right in the middle of both. You had the Baptist triad confession intellectuals who Brother Random would say would have the fruits of the Spirit that have the nature of Christ. They'd be kind, sweet, loving, affectionate. But they, they denied the Spirit. Then Brother Branham said, then you have the Pentecostal over here on this side and he's just shouting, dancing, jumping, screaming, having a good old time. But he's got a temper enough to fight a buzzsaw. You say, well, then which side was Brother Branham in? The fruits of the Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit? Both. 
You see, just because Brother Branham said that the fruits of the Spirit are not the evidence of the Holy Ghost, it doesn't mean that the Holy Ghost won't produce the fruits of the Spirit. If we want to believe that, then we've got to believe he did just, let me, get, let me take it the other way. Just because Brother Branham didn't believe that speaking in tongues was the evidence of the Holy Ghost doesn't mean that Brother Branham didn't believe that the Holy Ghost speaks in tongues. But people always want to major on one thing, emphasize one thing, but de-emphasize another. You say, well, then which one do we need, Brother Matt? You need all of it. I said, you need every single bit of it. And so Brother Brandon would say this. Let me just answer this question. What is the evidence of the Holy Ghost? I was asked one time what I thought. I don't have this. About the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost was speaking, was it speaking in tongues? I said, no, can't see that. He said, neither do I. Said, though I've been taught that. And said, what would you think would be an evidence? I said, the most perfect evidence I could think of is love. Now, even Brother Branham and himself, notice how he said it. The best evidence I could think of was love. Sounded good. And he says, and so we got to talking on that. And then I thought, huh, that sounded pretty good. So I just held that. If a man's got love, but one day, in a vision, Brother Branham says, one day the Lord in a vision straightened me out on that. And he said, I'm just going to tell you what he said. Because really it doesn't matter what I say, what you say, what another person says. All that really matters is what he says. And he said that the evidence of the Spirit was those who could receive the Word. Neither love nor speaking in tongues, but it's receiving the Word. Now, let me go further, because I'm already here. Might as well preach, as Brother Andrew Glover says. Let me go a little bit further. Brother Brandon would say, now neither one. Notice that. Let's read it again. The evidence is accepting the word, receiving the word. Notice. And then he was saying to me that that's scriptural. He said, because in John 14, 26, when he, the Holy Ghost, is coming to you, he will reveal the things to, to you that I've taught you and will show to you things to come. So there is the genuine evidence of the Holy Ghost. He's never told me anything wrong yet. That is it. The evidence of the Holy Ghost is he who can believe the word, you can receive it. Now, many people, Brother Branham said here in this Pentecostal audience, if I was to ask you how many here have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he said, I guarantee you every single hand, 99% of the hands would go up. Brother Branham says, but I can show you by just quoting one scripture and ask you, do you have this evidence in your life? Just one scripture. If the evidence of the Holy Ghost is being able to say amen to every word of God, I said every word. Not just the part you like, not just the part Brother Matt likes, not just the part that I would emphasize or you would emphasize, but all of the Word of God. Brother Branham says, I'd ask you, do you have the Holy Ghost? If, they, if that be, he said, every hand go up. He said, now I can prove to you, I could quote just one scripture, and I guarantee you there wouldn't be two or three hands at the most would go up. And you know the scripture he quotes? Those that sigh and cry... For the abominations done in the city. The prophet says, how many of you lose sleep at night? 
sighing and crying over the abominations done for the lost and the dying that are in the world. Oh, but I shouted, I danced, I jumped, I screamed. Oh, but I've got all the fruits over here. But listen, friends, it's all of the word or it's none of the word. And the prophet of God says, notice this here, but how about you that would really sigh and cry over the abominations done in this city? Notice, can we go a little bit further? Brother Benham says, see, it's covered over with. You say, well, now you say, well, yes, let me get something straight here. But you say, Brother Matt, are you preaching against fruits? Nope. You preach it against the fruits of the Spirit, love? Absolutely not. Preach it against dancing and, and, and shouting? Absolutely not. Let me give you the way that Brother Branham says. That's just what a normal Christian does. <laughs> you say, is that the evidence? It's not the evidence. It's just what a normal Christian does. If you're a human being, Brother Branham says human beings don't go live in trees. They don't jump out of trees thinking they could fly because that's not what human beings do. Human beings work. They have a wife. They have a home. He says that's what the normal human does. Then what does a normal believer do? He shouts. He can rejoice. He can speak in tongues. He also loves. He also forgives. He also has the love and the nature of Christ. He has all of it. Right. Notice, it's covered over with. You say, well, now, well, the conscience certainly does. It'll be, notice this, Brother Branham says, but if you let the word come in and cover it over with conscience, then it can't grow. Now, listen, as we take a turn here, it'll be a deformed word. Did you ever see a good grain of corn planted in the ground and let a stick fall over it? It'll grow crooked. Any vine, anything that grows up will because something has hindered it. Something has hindered it. Something has fallen upon a good grain. Something that it didn't ask for. But Brother Adam says in another place, he talks about this, uh, I think it was a stalk of corn. And he said all of them were just growing up perfectly. But this one, it, was, it had grown crooked. This thing had fallen over, a branch had fallen over when it was young and growing and he says a branch had fallen over it and that branch began to grow left and right and crooked and this way what had happened why didn't it grow up like the rest of the stalks because something had fallen upon it and deformed its life now i'm going to say here i'm just going to cut to the chase as i'm preaching to you on being changed friends let me just say this to you tonight it is wonderful that you you need to be changed let me say it this way thank you lord the Holy Ghost in your life will change everything. In fact, Paul said, he that is in Christ is a new creation. But let me say it this way. The Holy Ghost doesn't change everything. You say, how can you say that, Brother Matt? Well, actually, this morning, I woke up and I had a headache. Had to go up to the store, get me some Tylenol. But Brother Matt, you got the Holy Ghost. You mean it didn't change you? No, it didn't change me yet. I'm being changed. You say, Brother Matt, how can you reconcile the two? The Holy Ghost changes everything. But when you're born of the Spirit, it doesn't change everything. One day it's going to, friends. One day we'll receive the fullness of our inheritance of the adoption will be what? To wit, the redemption of this body. But while I'm here, I've got a memory. I've got conscience. 
I've got imagination. I've got affection. I've got a human flesh that still gets tripped up. I can still backslide. You can still backslide. In fact, Brother Branham said only a Christian can backslide. You can still sin. In fact, Brother Branham said only a Christian sins. So then what is it, Brother Matt? What is it is that it's important and vital. You must be being changed. I'm preaching to you a title, Being Changed. It is absolutely essential. I know my thought's very simple, but I'm just going to emphasize it here. It is absolutely essential as a believer that you are continually being changed. Let me say it this way. You cannot stop. I don't care how good your experience was last month at camp. How good it was is going to be next month at camp. There's a battle still raging inside of you. And you've got to say, Lord, I'm here again. I need more of you, God. I need more of your life. I need more of your spirit. I need more of your word. You can't stop. You can't settle. You've got to keep moving forward. Brother Adam says, what happened? This grain, this, this branch fell over. And now a life that was going to grow up straight now because something that it didn't ask for had fallen upon it. But do you know what the miracle is? It was still alive. I said the miracle was that it was still alive. Through everything the devil has thrown at you in your life, you ought to raise a hand and say, God, the miracle is I'm still here. Satan, you might have thrown everything you had at me, but I want you to know tonight, I still am here, and I'm still going to fight. I'm still going to press. I'm still going to believe. I'm still going to have faith. You might have thrown the whole entire kitchen sink at me, Satan, but I want to let you know I'm still a believer. I still got faith inside of my heart. I'm still pressing the battle. In spite of everything the devil threw my way, the miracle is I'm still alive. I've got a desire to serve the Lord. I might not be perfect, but I still say, God, I still want to be like you. I want to be in your image, Lord. I might have got a lot of mistakes, but there's still a desire inside of my heart to be changed. Brother Branham says, notice this here. Sometimes we find people going through the prayer lines across the nation they just run up and think that the Lord ought to heal them right then. But then, notice, there's something maybe down in there. And we set before the Lord until he reveals, he reveals that what it is. There's something, notice this, there's a reason for everything. Wow. I want you to understand, young people, there's a reason you are the way that you are. In fact, everything that you are, Brother Brandon would say, there's a reason for everything. And you've got to find the reason first. And then you could find what to work on. I found someone, listen, not excuse me, in the interviews this morning. I guess a person, notice this here. He says, I, I guess the person is still here in the building about speaking with tongues. The person is a genuine person, a real person, and they've lived right. And they've heard me say the evidence of the Holy Ghost wasn't speaking in tongues. And it isn't. 
But I advise that person to ask God to let them either speak in tongues or prophesy. Because it's the nature. Oh, you mean that a person can have a nature inside of them in so much that Brother Branham would say that I advise them to, to ask the Lord to let them speak in tongues? Let's go a little bit further. He says, the first thing, I went to that person and found their birthplace and what sign they were born under and could tell what their birth was. Which way it set them in their natural nature sets them in a certain line. You mean your birthplace has something to do with how you're made up? Yep. You mean the home that you grew up in, the house that you were raised in, the kind of parents that you had, the kind of father, the kind of mother, breeds into you the kind of nature that they had. And so Brother Brandon makes it very simple. He says, then when they're born again, they're over here in another nature. And then when you find into this nature, that's the inside and the inside conscience. Brother Branham says it's been one of the most amazing things I, I have noticed along the lines of ministry for our Lord Jesus. It's the peculiarity of people. And the study of human life is one of the greatest things that a person can study. To watch nature of people and the different parts of the nations and worlds to where you go, you'll notice there's a different attitude that people take toward Christ, towards his service, and towards his servants, towards worship. Oh, no, Brother Branham, we're all the same. Everybody's the same. Well, is that what Brother Branham said? Come on, somebody, young people. No, we're all the same. We all got to look the same. We all got to act the same. We all got to do the same things. No, because God said, Brother Branham said, God's a God of variety. And he makes everybody different. And that's okay. I'm not like you, and you're not like me. And I don't want to be you, and you don't want to be me. I'll say it the way Brother Branham said it. Be who God made you to be. You don't have to be anybody else other than who God made you to be. And we're all different. Come on, can I get an amen here tonight? We're all different. God's a God of variety. He didn't make us all the same. In fact, our churches aren't all the same. Not all preachers are the same. I wish I could be Donnie Reagan. I promise. But I'm not. You say, Brother Matt, then what are you going to do? i got to be Brother Matt. And Brother Donnie's got to be Brother Donnie. And if I try to go be in Brother Donnie, Brother Branham said this way, the wheels will fall off. I guarantee you they would. So you say, Brother Matt, then who do you got to be? You got to be who God made you to be. Because God made you a particular way for a particular purpose, for a particular life. Because you'll contact people I can't contact. You'll reach people that I can't contact. My experience will be totally different than yours. But you've got to be who God made you to be. Brother Adam says, I've noticed the peculiarity. People receive it differently. He says, he says, and one thing, it's been one type of meeting will just be wonderful in one part of the country where it won't work. <laughs> I love his honesty. And the other part of the country. So notice this here. It was a peculiarity, something that was different about everybody. Now listen, friends, I'm preaching to you here tonight on being changed. Because inside of you is a memory, a conscience, imagination, affection, and you have the ability 
within the channels of your spirit to ingest things. Let me say this. COVID killed a lot of people. You may be here tonight and may say, COVID didn't even affect me, didn't even hurt me, man. I barely got sick. I got a flu that was worse than that. I'm going to tell you, it killed a lot of people. And there's some people that it never even affected. But I tell you what affected most everybody is actually the spirit of fear that people ingested from COVID did more damage for a lot of people than the actual disease itself. You say, what is that? Because people can ingest fear. And you have the ability to ingest things inside of your spirit that prevent you or hinder you in your walk with the Lord Jesus. You can ingest a complex and not even realize it. You can ingest a fear and not even realize that you have a fear over something. And that fear has so great made a stronghold in your life. Listen, friends, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and wickedness in high places. What is that? That's other atmospheres. And I want to tell you here tonight that there's a spirit in this world that you don't want to ingest inside of your spirit. It's a spirit of hatred and malice and jealousy and envy and destruction. That's the only way that you can make sense to what's happened in our world today. How could a world turn their back so much against a little bitty nation, small, minuscule nation of Israel? You say, how could it, how could it happen, Brother Matt? I'll tell you how. Because a six-seal spirit, pre-tribulation spirit from the six-seal, people have literally ingested a destruction spirit upon them. And they don't even realize it. And there's hatred, and there's malice, and there's jealousy, and there's envy, and there's fighting, and toxicity amongst people, and divisions, and divides. And this group over here with that group over here and this click over here and this click over here. Friends, it ought to not be in the family of God. It ought to not be in the body of Christ. It ought to not be we have cliques and, and groups and groupies over here. What happened to the sovereign body? Well, we're all brothers and we're all sisters and we're all fighting for each other. You need each other more now than you've ever needed each other before. It's a spirit of destruction. Brother Benjamin is just hearing him say that before God could destroy the world, people would have to get into the spirit of destruction first. And so it's a spirit that comes to, to bind you, to afflict you, as we preached on last night. And you can have a chain upon your life and not even realize serving God I've served the Lord. I love the Lord. I'm born of the Spirit of God. I've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And not realize that in your memory, in your conscience, in your reasoning, and your affection, there's a dark shadow or a dark spirit that hangs over you because you've ingested something that you need to clean out tonight. The prophet of God would say that's what's wrong with so many blowed up Christians. They don't clean out the channels. Memory, conscience, reasoning, imagination, affection. They don't clean out the channels. And they go years and years and years. Get married. Have a wife. Have a husband. Young couple gets married. The problem is, is that inside of his channels, he's ingested a complex from his father. And then he takes that complex into marriage. 
And then it exacerbates and gets worse. And then for 10 years, 15 years maybe. And then if he never cleans that out, pressure will start to build. And pressure will start to build because we live in a pressurized world. And then before you know it, suddenly, poof. And you say, what happened? How did that person end up that way? They're a blowed up Christian. They've taken something inside of their spirit and they don't even realize it. Much like this daughter of Zion in, in Isaiah chapter 52. Notice this here. Awake. This is Isaiah 52, 1. Awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments. O Jerusalem, the holy city, for the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise. I want you to notice this portrait of this daughter of Zion. As the Bible says, she was laid on the ground, chained about a chain about her neck. This wasn't a daughter of Jezebel. This was a daughter of Zion. And the Bible says she's laying on the ground. Isaiah 52 verse 1. Brother, if you got it, you can put it up. And God begins to speak and says, shake yourself from the dust. Arise. And sit down, O Jerusalem. Notice this. Go further. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus saith the Lord, you have sold yourself for nothing. In other words, God didn't save you for you to be bound. God didn't save you for you to be chained by some complex or some fear or some grudge or some hate, a hateful spirit that you've ingested from the world that you live in. He says, loose yourself, Isaiah 52. And he says, you have, he says, loose yourself, shake yourself, arise and sit down, loose yourself from the bonds of your neck. Oh, captive daughter of Zion, Isaiah 52. I see you trying to find it, brother. Verse one through verse three. You have sold yourself for nothing, and you, have, you shall be redeemed without money. Now, revealed here is to Isaiah is literally what Israel had become. Bound, afflicted, in bondage, in chains. God never envisioned this for her. You say, how did you end up here, O oh, daughter of Zion? God had made you to be pure and undefiled, free, not just in your soul, but free in your body, free in your spirit, free in your flesh, free in your nature. I'm preaching to you on being changed. What is God wanting to do? He's wanting to change you so that he can free you of every fear, of every struggle, of every complex. And God's saying to you tonight, I don't want you to make an excuse for any part of your carnal nature to say, well, that's just the way I am. That's just the way I was born. I'm just going to deal with that the rest of my life. How did you end up here, daughter of Zion, on the ground, bound, captive? The Bible says that she was this daughter of Zion, once pure, once a beautiful woman who gave birth to sons, but now she's laying bound. Like a slave. She wasn't a slave, but she was acting like a slave. You see, you cannot be a slave 
But the devil will make you act like he's got you held. And he's got you bound. She was clutching at the neck. Abused, uncircumcised, and the unclean that came unto her. Now her garments were torn, filthy, dirty, tattered. What a portrait, what a picture of a believer who's been born again, has came to a real new birth, sealed by the Holy Ghost, but they've allowed the channels of their mind to become so infected. And now they're bound and fearful, anxiety, depressed, worried, stressed, Her enemies stand by, mocking and blaspheming God, taunting her. Notice here in Isaiah 51, verse verse 18. Notice this here. She felt like no one cared about her. You know, that's a real spirit that the devil can put upon a young person. No one cares. No one sees me. No one sees the struggle that I'm going through. No one sees the bondage that I have. No one's going to come for me. No one's going to help me. No one's going to pick me up. And now she's laying there, grasping at this neck, grasping at this chain, grasping, clutching. She's laying there in disgrace, rampled by the enemy, trampled by the enemy who walks over her. One, I want you just to, I feel the Holy Spirit right now, so just pay attention real close. Once the Lord, she was a clean vessel, one who the Lord used, clean, pure, holy, undefiled, unadulterated. Once a vessel for the Lord Jesus, but now pitiful in slavery, helpless, and she's fallen into a stupor. She doesn't know how to get out. She's trapped. She knows she's been. She listen, friend, you know that you're born of the Spirit of God. You know you love the Lord Jesus with all of your heart. You know that you want to make heaven your home. You know that you know all of these things inside of you, but there's a struggle, something real that you say, I, I, I want free of this. I just can't get over it, Brother Matt. I've struggled with it. I've fought over it. I've battled over it in my life. And she's laying there defenseless. You know what the tragedy of all of this is? Is that she had sold herself. The devil can't purchase what God has already bought. But you can sell yourself. And you'll sell yourself to a lie. You'll sell yourself to a fear. You'll sell yourself to a, to a, to a, to a, to a complex. She had sold herself. Listen, you have sold yourself for naught. You have sold yourself, in other words, for nothing, for nothing. And listen to what the Lord Jesus begins to say as the Father comes to her. Look at it, verse 1, Isaiah 52. Awake. Awake. Wake up. It's like, it's like a father shaking. Wake up. Wake up. You're in a stupor. You're, you've forgotten who you were. You've forgotten what what army you're part of. You forgot you've been purchased. You forgot you've been bought. You forgot you're a son. You forgot you're a daughter. Wake up. Put on your strength. This is the words of a kind heavenly father. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments. Notice there's no rebuke. There's no condemnation. 
There's no redraw or withdrawal of his contract or his love. He's not going to abandon her. A lot of people might abandon you, but let me go ahead and tell you, the Lord will never abandon you. A lot of people will walk away from you, but the Lord Jesus will never walk away from you. And he says, notice, no abandonment, no withdrawal, no recoiling from the Lord, but love and mercy. Listen, friends, God never forgets you in your moment of greatest weakness, in your moments of, moment of greatest affliction. The Lord hath never forsaken you. God has never walked away from you. As we preached last night, I don't care how alone you feel tonight, God has never forsaken you. Can a woman forget her suckling child that she should have compassion on the child of her womb? Yea, yea, that woman might forget. The Lord says, but I will not forget you. Behold, I have graven you on the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. This is Isaiah 49, verse 16. How alone sometimes we can feel, even when we feel so distant from the Lord because we feel we failed the Lord. And if Satan can do anything, I'm just obeying the Holy Spirit here, friends. If Satan can do anything, he'll try to isolate you. And if he can use guilt to isolate you from the Lord, he'll use guilt. He'll use fear and condemnation. You've sinned your day of grace away. God doesn't love you. Nobody loves you. Nobody wants you. You're worthless. But God says, can a mother forget? Yea, she might. But I'll never forget. Thy walls are continually for me. In other words, I'm joined to you. I'm literally joined to you. In your captivity, this word is shoma. It means to be joined to a wall. It's literally a brick mason. What a brick mason does when he lays a brick and he lays mortar and he lays another brick and another brick and another brick. This is the word God is using. In other words, you might be in a prison and you might be bound in captivity, but I want you to know I'm in your walls of prison with you. I've never left you. I've never forgot you. I've never forsaken you. In other words, your walls are my walls. Let me give you New Testament language. He's a high priest who can be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. And notice this here. She had became so bound. She had became so locked up. Brother Random deals with this in, in, in the message you can go back, brother, that'd be wonderful. 20th century prophet. You can, you can read this and actually watch it. He says, excuse me, sister. I have to relax my mind once in a while. Now we'll be strangers. I see that you're strictly a stranger to me. You're from away from here. You've come from another city. You've got a lot of trouble on your heart. Notice, you've got a lot of trouble on your heart to begin with. Is that right? There's a whole lot of blackness. There he goes. There's a whole lot of blackness. I see a black sheet keep following you like that. Oh, oh, it's a lie. Somebody's told a lie on you. 
And that was a man professing divine healing. You could hear it in the tape as Brother Branham goes to this discernment and she starts to weep as he says that. He says, oh, there's a black sheep following you. Now listen, the sister couldn't see it. She had no idea. In fact, all she had was the physical manifestation of a heart trouble inside of her flesh. And Brother Branham says, oh, it's a lie. And he says, and it was a man professing divine healing. He said, you was a witch. Yes. Is that true? And you got a whole stir in your church or something or another about it. Isn't that right? Your pastor's sick right now and he's got polio. Is that right? Yes, sir. Sister, don't pay no attention to what them people tell you. They're lying. The only thing wrong with you is your heart that is nervous in a nervous condition. Got your heart worked up. Go on home in peace and God bless you. You're all right. God bless you. You're not a witch. Wasn't it amazing? Something that she had ingested and she didn't even realize it. A lie that she had accepted from somebody else. Had so bound this sister. that She had a black sheep following her. And it was a lie that she had ingested. You say, Brother Matt, what was it? You know what I love so much about this quote? It's Brother Branham didn't perform any kind of magic. He didn't speak some kind of spell over her. All he did was identify a demon spirit of a lie, and she was free of it. You say, Brother Matt, what do I need to get free? Let the Holy Ghost say, God, shine your light down inside of my soul and expose the devil's lies in my life. You're not a witch. And strangely, I went to a place where I made an odd turn. Instead of turning there, I went up to make a turn. The lights flashed on a lovely couple outside. Two fine young ladies that I had just married. Two fine young ministers. Satan, after he's seen the minister, one of them and his minister begin to be, he says, being said, and he took a life's companion right there at this altar. They went away happily on their honeymoon. And the enemy... Jumped in, on, jumped on to this young man. And I'm saying this to express what I'm saying. Does he care? Somehow with faith that would not take no, they turned and returned back here, knowing after they was all the way over, way in the east, here somewhere on their honeymoon, returned back and was sitting, waiting. And I walked in, fine, handsome young man. His wife sitting on the outside crying, her and their little companion. The other man, the other brother come running, which is a friend of this young man, saying, oh, Brother Branham, such and such a thing has happened. Went there and seen this handsome young man sitting there, just in the peak of his life, a leader of young men, sitting there. And Satan had bound him. He never noticed, but I took my hand left to shake with his right to see if some disease had plagued him. But there was no sign of, sign of vibration. Coming right out of the room from praying and fasting and waiting upon the Lord, the anointing of the Holy Spirit was there. And that's why it led us. And then seeing this shadow of darkness over him. I never said what I was doing, but in the less than a couple moments time, it was all gone. The coldness of his hand had left. He was shouting and praising God a few minutes to find himself. A few minutes to find himself. 
And here they sat this morning, sitting in the audience. See how Satan was trying to upset that young man by referring to him of some complex? You mean, Brother Branham, he was bound. You didn't lead him to an altar and tell him he needed to be born again. No. No, that's not what he needs. That might be what you need here tonight, but that might not be what you need. You mean, Brother Branham, you didn't just have him repent over it? No. No, actually, what Brother Branham did is he started going back into his life. And he started discerning this in his life. And he looked all the way back. Now, it doesn't tell us what he does, but he tells us this. He says, Satan was trying to refer to him of some complex to be built back. You mean the devil will try to rebuild something that God has delivered you from? Oh, yeah. He'll try to rebuild Jericho after the walls have already fallen. I got a news for the devil tonight. I'm not going to let you rebuild anything God has broken down in my life. I'm not going to allow a complex, a fear. If God has set me free, Satan, you don't have any place in my heart. And I've seen it by a vision of the Lord. But God cared for that man. God cared for that young boy. Imagine clutching bound like this daughter of Zion by a black cloud. Just coming in a few moments ago, a lady, I seen her sitting here in the aisle with no, just got a seat some way and sat down. She said, nine years, Brother Branham, I tried to get a hold of you. And she said, I'm so desperate. Oh, I read these words this afternoon. And I wonder if there'd be a young person here tonight that could resonate with this woman. I'm so desperate. Brother Branham, I'm so desperate. Nine years I've tried to get a hold of you. I'm here late and couldn't even get a prayer card to be in the line. The lady moved back. She said, Brother Branham, just a word with you. Standing there, a vision broke over this fine-looking young woman. See, that her heart was burdened. And she was trying to work to make a living. And a great thing happened way back in the time of her parents. You mean something that had nothing to do with her? Something way back in the time of her parents that had caused this great thing to happen to her. And the Lord Jesus revealed it and showed what it was. And there, in a moment's time, took it from the woman. She went around rejoicing. And now sitting here in the audience, friends, I want you to notice something. She had lived with this dark cloud for nine years. But one moment under the presence of the Lord changed everything in her life. I say tonight, you might have struggled for the last two years in your life. But one moment with one word of God, you say, what, Brother Matt? For the Holy Ghost to expose the devil in your life. I say exposing Holy Ghost, expose the devil in my life. She was free. You say, Brother Matt, but she was free by the Holy Ghost. She was born of the Spirit of right. That's right. But you see, you can be raised up to life again like Lazarus was, but still bound by your grave clothes. Brother Branham says she went around rejoicing and now sitting here in the audience with us rejoicing with tears as she's wiping her eyes now 
knowing that the truth of the thing was made known and what that little poor neurotic woman that was so nervous and she didn't know what to do with herself, thinking that she was gone. And there was no Holy Spirit. And this is her last day. She had tried for nine years and she was about at the end of despair. God cared for that little woman who no one cares for. What a time he does care. When he was here on earth, I say he cared for the people so much till he healed their sick, comforted their hearts, told them a place that where he would go and prepare for them, he would come again to receive them unto himself. He cared for them and notice he cared so much until he knowed when he must leave in order to bring this great thing to us. He said, I'll not leave you comfortless, but I will send the Holy Spirit and he shall continue my care for you until he returns. There's no one cares like Jesus. Brother Branham comes to this message, and I'm going to close here. Give me just a few minutes. Can I have just a couple? He comes to this boy, and he's, Brother Branham deals with this young man, and he's, he's going to get married. He likes a girl. Brother Branham says he couldn't, he, 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 he couldn't get over this whatever it was in his life, this grudge or the anger. Brother Branham doesn't actually tell us what it was. But he says, a few instances, for instance, a few days ago, I was caught on the scene of a little something going on. Fine young man, very fine boy. He was going with a little girl. Very fine little girl out of a fine family. And this boy all of a sudden came up with some kind of an idea and just walked away. He did something wrong to the little girl as much as promised to do a certain thing and didn't do it. Didn't really know what it was. And instead of coming to the girl and apologizing like a gentleman should do, It just wasn't in him to do it. And the father and mother called me to the scene and said, we would desire to know what's wrong with our boy. Now, it's not easy to do sometimes, but you must be truthful and be honest. Therefore, the boy was a Christian as far as a believer. Notice how he divides this. He had repented and had been baptized and had a position among the believers, but yet had not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, no matter how much he thought he had. And the father and mother, notice, were you thinking... Let's read it. You thinking you have in it and having it is two different things. You might be able to try to say you have it. And you might be able to show some evidence of some emotion. But unless your life is vindicating what you're professing to have, you still haven't got it. No matter how many emotions, how much you jump, run, sensation, speak in tongues, or shout or whatever you might lay upon it, which is all right. I believe in all of that. But unless your life copes with your testimony, then you haven't got it. Because the fruit of the Spirit, ah, it goes to the fruit of the Spirit, vindicates what you are, just like the fruit of any tree tells you what it is. Jesus said, by their fruit you shall know them. Now this young fellow's parents, his mother's German. No reflection on the German, but there's a strain in that family. That is, they'll just sit. I preach to a lot of people like this. And you can talk to them, they'll just stare at you right in the face. They got this girl's sister, the mother of this boy, her sister. I've come down on the street many a morning. This young lady be sitting out in the yard. I'd say, good morning to you. She'd just look at me. I'd stop and I'd say, sure a fine morning. She'd stand. Look right at you, an intelligent woman. And I'd say, 
come up to see us sometimes. She'd just stand and look. Well, her brothers are that way. Father and mother is that way. Now the father, so he points to the mom. Now let's go to the dad. Now the father of the boy is strictly an Irishman. Moody, high-tempered, high-strung. It's Brother Branham's family. That is, that's his whole family's like that, except one or the other out of the family converted. Now in this boy, in, in this boy, inside of this boy, this father and mother, both Christians, filled with the Holy Ghost. They have brought this young man up the way of the Lord. And now the young man is about 17, 18 years old, something along there. Very fine kid. He's been a real model boy at home. Nice kid. He's got a brother that's just vice versa. But the girl, the mother's family lives close to the fine church. But do you think they'd ever come over there? No, they just know it's right. But it just, it's not in them to ask forgiveness or ask pardoning then I guess, Brother Brandon, that's okay. He's all right. Just leave that there. Uh Uh-uh. They just won't do it. It's not in them. Now, the genes in this father and the mother of this boy, no matter how much they are converted, still remains the flesh that's been interbred out to this boy. Therefore, the boy has got a complex in him just like his mother's family, and they are not forgiving. They will not apologize. And that's where the boy stands. Now, I said to the father, no matter how much you've raised him up, said, I look at you out of your family. Look at you. Look at you. Out of your family, all of them, drunks, fighting, shooting, cutting, and so forth. Now, look at your family. To the mother, there are a bunch of people just sit there, won't speak, very independent, so forth, irreverent to religion. But I said... It's not you. You're the only one out of all of your sisters and brothers. And you're sweet, kind, forgiving. What does that? And your tree, part of the family tree. Yet you have received the Holy Ghost. That's the thing that made you tender and sweet. It's not your people anymore. It's your Christ that lives inside of you. I went and said to the boy, look at your family. Practice all of them are drunk, so forth. I said, how moody, high tempered, high strung. But you're not. You're kind, forgiving. What is it? The Holy Spirit. You're no more what you are. It's Christ in you. I said, now that same thing has to happen to your son. Father raised up, said, my son went to the altar. He was baptized correctly in the name of Jesus. Water baptized the bull. Said, I know my son has come to Christ. I said, that may be all right. The outward motions. He might be identified as a believer with the believers. But until he's regenerated, born again, I'd advise that man never, that I'd advise that young man to never marry a woman. He'll make hell on earth for her. Until that gentle, oh Lord, sweet, forgiving spirit of Christ comes in. I read these words and I raise up my hand and say, let that gentle, sweet, loving, forgiving, kind, Holy Spirit. That'll be a paradox itself. To take the very nature of a boy that's bred between father and mother, and yet in his intellectuals, he's trying his best to overcome it. He can't do it. He'll never overcome it. Christ will have to overcome it. When he lets Christ in, then he's already overcome then. It'll be a perfect paradox 
when a man is born of the Spirit of God. Could you bow your heads with me, every head bowed, every eye closed? There she laid, musicians, could you come? Laying in the dirt. What are you doing there? God didn't save you, daughter of Zion, for you to lay there groveling, enslaved in the dirt. Listen, the message of God here tonight is very simple. It hasn't been rebuke. It's not a rebuke. It's not a, it's not a chastisement. It's a simple word from your heavenly Father. Child, awake. Awake. Put on your strength. Wake up. You've got it down inside of you. You say, Brother Matt, what does this woman have to do? What does the daughter of Zion have to do? She must shake herself. She must cast off her chains. You say, Brother Matt, you mean no one's going to come and pick her up? No, no one's coming. You mean no one's going to come and unlock that chain? No, friend, you see, the power of the, of the chain, the key, was in her hands. I said the power to unlock the bondage that she was under was already within her. And God says, wake up. Put on your strength. Put on your beautiful garments. Because if you don't, you'll die there. If you don't, you'll perish there groveling in the dirt, but you don't have to, child. You don't have to stay there another minute in that addiction. You don't have to stay there another second in that complex. You don't have to stay there another moment. One moment in the presence of God can change everything. I wonder how many here would just bow your heads with me, would just raise a hand to the Lord and say, God, I want to be changed tonight. I want to be changed, Lord Jesus. I've been, maybe you could say here tonight, I've, I've received the Holy Ghost. I know that I have. I'm born of the Spirit of God. But tonight, I just want to say, Lord Jesus, I want to be freed out of every channel inside of my spirit. My, my, my memory, my conscience, oh, hands going up everywhere. Some people standing. I'd invite you to do the same thing as you raise your hand. Stand to your feet and say, God, I want free of every chain that the devil has put upon my life. I want to be changed from this moment on. I wonder if they could play something softly, just music, just before the Lord, just as we pray. You just hold that hand up to the Lord Jesus. I invite you to come, daughter of Zion. I invite you to come. Those of you that have been bound, but you say tonight, I want to go free. I want to be free, Brother Matt. I don't want to hold on to this thing anymore. I've fought it. I've struggled with it. It's in my, I, I, I know that, 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 I, that I've, I've battled it. It's in my nature. 
something inside of my heart, but tonight I'm coming. I'm coming to say, Lord Jesus, I want to be set free. I don't want to die laying down on the, on the ground groveling. You say, what do I got to do, Brother Matt? Arise, arise. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck. You say, how am I going to do it, Brother Matt? The power's already inside of you, child. I said the power and the strength was already inside of her. Put on your beautiful garment. Take off of that dirty garment. Take off of that guilt that Satan has tried to put on you. Take off that complex that the devil has tried to lie to you about. Take it off and put on your beautiful garment. Be set free. Be changed tonight. I pray, God, you'd grant it to every heart, every young person that's coming to this altar. Lord, that's responded to the preaching of the Word of God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would send a spirit of freedom here tonight. I don't know, Lord God. Father, I know this, that you directed me directly, specifically, to minister tonight, God. I don't know who's here and what they're under and what chain that's binding their life. But Lord, I know that it was for one person, maybe two, maybe three. I pray, God, that they would recognize that they don't have to work anything. There's nothing, there's no great thing that they need to do other than just to surrender to the Holy Spirit, to that gene seed of God that's already down inside of them. And say, God, if there's a stick that's laying over my life causing me to grow crooked, I want free of it tonight, Lord Jesus. If there's something trying to deform the word out of my life, maybe some trial that I've went through, some burden that I'm bearing, Oh, God, I pray that you'd bring freedom to that young lady. Bring freedom to that young man here tonight, Lord Jesus. Set them free, God. We ask, Lord, for a special blessing. Grant it, Lord Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. I believe it, Lord. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every
Oh uh... 
Thank you so much for being with us this weekend. Now pray for the service tomorrow for the, because you've had a start now through this weekend that we look to continue to the service tomorrow. But in hearing that, there's so, I thank God for the message. There are so many things in the message to calm our anxiety. And it's something, and, I, and I, when I was first, when I first started becoming aware, and I first started feeding and all the things of the message and trying to make sense of it, my mind, I felt, would explode. There's so much content and information. And I had a brother, and he shook my hand, and he could tell I was troubled, and he said, let it drop into your heart. And it was something that I had learned, and I was reading the message, the token, and understanding God's own life coming into you. And I was trying to figure it out with my mind. But let it drop. And then the, he told me the message. This was just someone in the parking lot, one body of believer to another, saying the message that he preached after was desperations. And so my prayer for you is that you become desperate for what it is that you have heard. If you get to that condition and you drop it down into your heart, you don't have to understand it all, but to be desperate, to recognize God's presence, and you become desperate, that's when everything changed. I pray a blessing upon you beyond belief. We love you. We support you. We are here for you. Now let's pray for the food and fellowship. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank God for your presence among us. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Where would we be without your presence? I pray for these young people, and I thank God for the testimony of the lives. I wish, Lord, that they become desperate. Desperate not for the things of the world, but desperate for the things of God and the kingdom of heaven that awaits. Thank you for the grace, grace, a double portion of the bride and the thanksgiving in our hearts knowing you, the creator and author of our lives. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. You're dismissed.
those ways. 